Signing through CIDP to me means being able to do what you want to do and not what the disease is telling you you can't do. Don't give in to the disease. It's not easy, but I'm going to do it. And like I've told people, I may have CIDP, but CIDP don't have me. Sign up at ShiningThroughCIDP.com to get real CIDP stories and resources. A Podcast One production. I've just woken up for the first feed of the night. It's around 2.30 and I noticed the other reason that she's awake is because she's wet her onesie all the way through because of these stupid f***ing nappies that don't work. I'm a month into my zero waste journey. Oh, and the life of my second born child. And I can confidently say that going zero waste is easy and going really well, thanks. Definitely not leading to even less sleep and more nappy changes. Anyway, we're going to have to go through the process of getting nude. Not me. (laughs) I don't get sympathy nude. Anymore. I once got sympathy nude at a party a few years ago, but that's only because my friend got real loose and took her clothes off and I didn't want her to be embarrassed that she was the only one. I am very different now. I have a baby. Things have changed. Even though most Saturday nights do still involve me getting spewed on and seeing someone cry and crap themselves. So, I mean, yeah, they're pretty much the same. This is Zero Waste Baby. Zero Waste Baby. I'm Veronica Milsom. I'm a comedian, a new mum, and as of recently, the sort of person who forces my vegetarian husband to cook my afterbirth. Why? Because I'm on a mission to raise my newborn baby Zoe without creating any extra unnecessary waste. So that means everything I'm using to raise her will either be reused or recyclable. Everything will get a second life, from the arse wipes to the bathwater. Once I'm done with the bathwater, I pour it into my garden and boil up the rest for a cup of joe. (laughs) And I'm doing this all because, quite frankly, I'm in a mad panic about the state of the environment and the world Zoe's going to have to live in. So I'm doing what I can to reduce the bundles of waste my bundle of joy is set to create. But right now, Zoe and I are a few weeks into our zero waste journey, and let me tell you, it's been hard. There have been tears. Well, and mostly from the baby. So far, the hardest part of avoiding waste has definitely been dealing with the endless changing and washing of the reusable cloth nappies. And it's not like I didn't know how great disposable nappies are, because with my first baby, Lila, she had the capacity to poo in her nappy like seven times a day, which is ludicrous, but made disposable nappies a godsend. But I'd seen parents use reusable nappies before, so I thought, how hard can it be? And I did my research, and disposables take 400 years to biodegrade. That is so crazy. But again, I need a bit more support. So I refer to my dad, Big Mill, for advice on the matter. Do you mind if I call you Big Mill? I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because it's like a personality rather than a father. (laughs) (laughs) He and Mum actually used reusable cloth nappies on us. And surely it was just as much work back then. I used to fold like 40 nappies every single night into a shape that your mother could just whip them on to the baby backside, you know, at at will. Huh. So you were the nappy guy, which often is the um, male role in a partnership. Yeah, no, I I was always the guy. I didn't like changing them, uh, but I was happy to be the guy that made sure that they were available for the changer. Okay, that does feel like a cop-out. Yeah, you didn't deal with any shit. 
Oh, every now and then I did. Um, twice, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon I had weird hang-ups about weeing? Now that I think about it, I <laughs> used to sleepwalk and wee at the bottom of the stairs. You did. I should have been in nappies longer. Well, we tried to, but, you know, you wouldn't have it. Yeah, I think it's because you guys were lazy. You didn't want to fold anymore. (laughs) That's possible. It's possible. (laughs) Uh, But I I think some of those times when you walked down the stairs at uh, Lunan Avenue and just pissed on the floor, we had no idea. It was your brother and sister egging you on, going, piss on the floor, piss on the floor. Oh, really? God, I'm such a victim of, um, you know, bullying and just, yeah. Hmm, that's good. It's made me the person I am today. Correct. Um, do you have any words of wisdom for me as someone who's been through it of how to endure the toughest parts of reusable nappies? I think you've just got to set time aside. It's just pretty simple, really. Not that hard. But it does distress me to think that there's all these materials being thrown in the bin over and over and over by thousands, tens of thousands of families where all you have to do is soak them a bit to get the feces off them mm. or just put them in the wash and dry them with the rest of your washing if it's yeah. just urine. You know, the other thing you can do is you can, all the feces that comes off these nappies, you can in, capture that in a bucket and put it in the garden. <laughs> I would have been sure Big Mill would say I should opt for modern day convenience over the cloth nappy slog. But in classic Big Mill form, he surprised me with his point of view. He even reckons the amount of nappy work he did back in the day proves he does really care about the environment. That's an environment of sorts, isn't it? It's a family environment. It's an internal environment. <laughs> You're the king of plausible bullshit. I've sold more shit than you've ever dreamt of, so I'm, I make stuff up. <laughs> it's true. Before he retired, he was an excellent salesman. And he does appreciate a good deal, which unfortunately is not what you get with either type of nappy. You definitely pay for the cost of convenience with disposables, and it turns out that reusables have a big startup cost to them too. We're talking a couple of hundy, not to mention the labour costs I should be getting with all the washing. Because when your baby dirties them, you take them off, scrub them with sod, soak them, put them in an aerated dry pail, whatever that is, put them through the pre-wash, then wash them again at a higher temperature, which is a lot more effort than just throwing them in the bin. Surely this can't be true. My mate even reckons there's more washing you have to do even before you use them for the first time. Whatever. But it is definitely true that they work so much better once they've been washed like 10 to 15 times. What? So this is my go-to friend when it comes to reusable nappy knowledge, Jessie. I bought some new ones online and then I put them on Bill and I was like super disappointed, like he just pissed on the floor. They just came straight out the side of his leg and I'm like, well, these are useless. She's the sort of mum you see in the playground and think... Damn, I'd like to be more like her. She dresses nicely. Like, I've never seen her in active wear. She always has deluxe healthy pram snacks for her one-year-old Bill, but not in an annoying show-off type way. Nick and I are meeting Jessie and her husband for brekkie by the beach on the New South Wales south coast where she lives. Her kid and mine are shoveling sand using old coffee cups they've found, which is actually quite impressive recycling. <laughs> She's just sprinkling sand into his socks. But why would, why would she think that that's a good idea? <laughs> He's not crying, to be fair. Even though Jessie's a big reusable nappy convert, she's as outraged as I am about this double-figure pre-washing. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. And it actually is true that they become, like, heaps more absorbent somehow once you've washed them, like, 10 or 20 times. That's interesting. Why don't they just 
come pre-washed. So that's my husband Nick chiming in. He's got a good point, like stonewashed denim. Remember that? Comes pre-washed. But also, like, the technology exists in disposable nappies for newborns to not leak everywhere. We have the technology. Why can't the technology exist in... It's a different it's fabric. It's a whole different, like, type of material. Like, in, in, like, disposable nappies, there's, like, weird gel stuff. Like, it kind of turns into, like, weird gel. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah. an, in the middle of the night when um, you're going to the toilet after you've changed a nappy, have you not ever stood on one and then been like, wait? Yes. <laughs> you, like, bounce off it. Slippery suckers. <laughs> I asked Jessie for the lowdown on reusable nappies because she's pregnant again and thinking about whether she should use them. But if she does, she has some new rules. You did warn me that you shouldn't do it for pre three months. I agree. Yeah. Mm. What I know I agree now. With myself. I agree with myself. <laughs> and on this second baby, what I will do is not even bother before like three or four months, I think, and not when you're traveling too hard. Oh. Too hard basket. I like talking to Jessie because she's the perfect combination of pragmatic and environmentally conscious without being too preachy, you know? And even though her one year old Bill is younger than Lila, she's taught me a lot about parenting, eco parenting mostly. Sometimes I wonder what parenting insights I've ever brought to our friendship group. You've taught us things too. What? Like, literally, do you know, the other day I said to Francis, we should try to be less helicopter parenty with Bill. Because I'm like, I always just thought it was great how you guys kind of just gave Lila like a lot of freedom to like kind of roam and explore and sometimes hurt herself, and not in a terrible way. Children. But like, that feels like code for lazy parenting. No, I actually think it's good because I feel like I haven't, I have an inner tendency to want to like stop him ever hurting himself. But actually, he needs to learn. So the next time he hurts himself drastically, think of us. I was saying to Francis, we should uh, we should let him fall off the side of the veranda sometimes because that's what Nick and Veronica would do. Right. It's a teaching <laughs> moment. That's what I always. Okay, just to clarify, it's not my official position that babies should teeter off the side of verandas. It's unofficial at best, and this is not the dynamic Nick and I thought we'd bring to our mini parenting group. Okay, so we both have our issues with reusables, but she reckons the cons for them still outweigh the damage they do for the environment, and I agree. But I wish it wasn't the case. You know, I'm keen to find an expert to tell me it's not the case. But surely I just won't find one. Not a reputable one anyway. Right? Right? Haha, wrong. Enter my zero-waste North Star and Australia's most decorated anti-waste warrior, Craig Rucastle. Remember him from the first episode? He hosted a doco series called The War on Waste, which is why people often refer to him as the bin guy. Yes, that's me. (laughs) We're meeting back at that eco-friendly looking cafe because I need his guidance on whether or not disposable nappies are worth the environmental savings. And it turns out he has some pretty scandalous opinions on the matter of cloth nappies. Look, I must admit, I, I'm very scared that I'm doing this podcast because saying this, I'm in great danger now. <laughs> if, if, you don't, if you don't say cloth nappies are the way to go, it's controversial. Yeah, you're going to be run over by prams. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So hold on, he doesn't think cloth nappies are the way to go. Mr War on Waste says they're not the way to go. Explain. If you look at it only as a waste issue, right, you go, I'll get rid of disposable nappies and I'll, I'll use reusable nappies, right? Easy, less waste, right? But whenever we look at waste solutions, we always look at the overall kind of footprint. You can't just look at the waste only. So most life cycle studies that compare those different options came out as them all being about the same environmental footprint, Okay, that seemed crazy to me. So I went and looked this study up for myself. It was published by the UK government and it studied the environmental impacts of a child wearing disposable nappies versus reusables for the first two and a half years of their life. 
And basically, the conclusion it drew was... The environmental impacts of using shaped reusable nappies can be higher or lower than using disposables, depending on how they are laundered. I know I said there wouldn't be any more reenactments in this podcast, but full disclosure, that's the voice of my English babysitter, Ruby. It's just helping out to set the mood. The report shows that in contrast to the use of disposable nappies, it is consumers' behaviour after purchase that determines most of the impacts from reusable nappies. Yes, exactly, Ruby. Consumers' behaviour being things like hanging a nappy on a clothesline, using an energy-efficient washing machine, washing at a cooler temperature, heaps of other things. And this is exactly what Craig was talking about. It's interesting, the UK study, because now they've got much less coal in their electricity grid. It might be different over there now. But in Australia, you're going to be using 60 70% coal when you actually um, dry those things or wash them. So that's the problem with it. So do you think that it's fine if I keep using disposables then? Look, I, I have never, ever said to any parent, don't use disposables, because firstly, I think, again, it comes down... You're a coward. Pick a side. <laughs> you know, is it, when it comes down to it, firstly... Parents, I know how stressful and full on that period is, right? The best approach is a reusable nappy, cold water, dryer. That's the best approach, but only tiny bit. And if you throw out any of those things, it's going to put it so you're not really making much of an advantage. So this is the thing is don't, you know, kill yourself every... Okay, so they're much of a muchness. But overall, it feels like Craig is anti-cloth and pro-disposable. No, I'm not pro-disposable. Oh, apologies. Go on. I'm saying that they are all equally problematic and that... This is the whole point, is that I don't believe that most people you can have a zero footprint. It's about reducing your footprint, right? So if you spend an enormous amount of energy switching to something else with the same footprint, you've just wasted your energy and saved nothing else. Mm. And I'm just saying don't kick, you know, don't kick yourself over something where there isn't a better alternative. The whole point about fighting against waste is finding the better alternative. And the reason that I've never covered nappies on a war and waste show is I haven't found the better alternative. Surely this is a surprise to the zero waste community and it's confusing me about what I should do for Zoe. Obviously I'd prefer to use disposables because my life would be much easier but not if it's at huge cost to the environment. But if the carbon footprint is negligible, well is that actually the better choice for the earth? But should I be more focused on waste output more than our carbon footprint given that's the name of this podcast? Oh, I don't know. So I do what any sleep-deprived idiot does when they want an answer to life's questions. I ask Google, as a zero-waste amateur, what nappies should I use? 20 minutes go by, an hour, and I'm still reading. And then I see something that rocks my little zero-waste world. Apparently, according to an extensive zero-waste mum thread, the thing to do is cloth nappies by day, eco-disposables by night. Ha! All these sneaky parents are secretly getting their sleep by using disposables in the shadow of darkness. But biodegradable ones, actually, like bamboo. And one user even said Huggies has a new one. How have I missed this? Could this be true? So I get in touch with the crew at Huggies headquarters to get some answers. And stop the phone ringing. That isn't necessary because I emailed them. And let me tell you, they must be in hot demand from my fellow zero wasters because getting to talk to someone at Huggies is a real mission. I'm back and forth with them on email, needing to specify every question I'm going to ask, and now I've just found out they don't even want to meet up with me anymore. But they did email me this response. And, okay, I did say no more reenactments, but this time it's me uh, playing the role of a Huggies PR woman. 
The range is not biodegradable. However, it features a liner wrap derived from renewable sugarcane. And this is the first step in our journey to increasing the amount of renewably sourced materials in products. Ooh, love that corporate talk. But to be honest, a liner wrap isn't much of a step towards not having a 400-year shelf life on their nappies. So I guess it's no wonder they don't want to meet up. Okay, so the Huggies option is a dead end, but I'm still holding out hope for this eco-disposable get-out-of-jail-free card. Surely it's enough to just use reusable nappies through the day. I should just use them through the day too, right? Right? Like everyone else? Okay, so I do. So I'm feeding this perfectly contented baby who's just woken up because she's hungry rather than... Uh, the fact that she had a wet pant. And um, you know what? I feel guilty, but it also feels pretty damn good. And she sounds like she's pretty happy too. Sure, I feel guilty, but not enough to change these long, leak-free nights. Hot damn, I'm a new woman. And apparently the disposable nappies I've got will decompose in 75 days, which is nothing. And for context, an apple core decomposes in like 60 days. So I'm essentially just scattering the earth with apples. Nothing more sinister than that. But the thing is, I just wonder what my mate Jessie will say. Obviously, it's not a conversation that I want to have with her, but I feel like I've got to come clean about this secret. Um, so would you be very disappointed with me to learn that I have already been doing disposables overnight? No, I'd say well done for, like, figuring that out. Oh, my God, everyone's doing it and keeping it quiet. There must be a secret eco-mum pact that it's cool to do. You just got to keep it on the down low. Only post about it deep within the blog posts that only the most dedicated eco-mum would find. And now I'm in that secret club too. When we were staying at your house this weekend, I felt shameful about even putting them in the bin because I thought that you would notice in the kitchen bin. Am I going to go and find them all in, like, the big green bin outside or something? Yes. <laughs> or you've I mean... buried them in the yard? <laughs> I swear I didn't bury them in the yard, but I could have, and they would have biodegraded in two and a half months, and that's not long. That's actually less than a season. An orange peel takes up to two years, and society's fine with people throwing that out the window of their car. So this is better, right? Anyway, at least you'll never find me throwing dirty nappies out the window of the M5. But now I know I could, but I won't, I promise. Coming up next episode, I avoid the waste from baby products and learn how to make my own, which I'm enthusiastic about, but not very good at. And I discovered that by testing it on my own face. So can you just say what you said again now that I'm recording? Um, I said, what's wrong with your eye? Because you've got that crazy eye you get when you stress. I didn't know if it was that obvious because I am sort of bumpy underneath this one eye and it's incredibly puffy. It feels really swollen. And I'm 99% sure it's because of that product that I've been making. That, look, there's not really much you can say about that other than you're suffering for the planet. That's next time on Zero Waste Baby. And if you hit subscribe on this podcast, then you'll get a free notification every time I release a new episode. And while I still have you, if you liked it, please give it five stars and recommend it to a friend. If you didn't like it, don't say anything. Zero Waste Baby was written and presented by Veronica Milsom and produced in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Script consultation and original music by James Milsom, my brother, 
editing assistance by Lindsay Green and audio production by Darcy Thompson. Jennifer Goggin was the executive producer. Also, she helped her write this. Also, she edited it. She did a lot of the things and she's put a gun to my head. She's making me say this. 